Pastor Rob here from City East Church and MTL Ministries. What you hold is true. Is it really truth? Will what you believe get you through on Judgment Day? Are you keeping to the pattern of sound teaching held out in Scripture? In this series, Truth, Judgment and Eternity, I intend to deliver messages that check the solidness of our Christian foundation so as to guard the good deposit that was entrusted to us as Christ's ambassadors on this earth. Turn in your Bibles. Ephesians. Now, just I want you to notice as I read through this, just how many in hymns and in Christ are stated. Okay, so we're going from verse 3 because we started this sermon last Wednesday. No, Wednesday before last Wednesday. Now this is verse uh, chapter 1, verses 3, and we're going to read right through to 14. So it's a, we're going to cover a fair bit of scripture because I don't want to go one verse at a time and end up in the book of Ephesians for the next 10 years. Okay, here we go. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So there's one, in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons. And then it says here, through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are, God, who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. That's a mouthful. Did you know a good portion of that was one sentence in the Greek? So it's an incredible passage of scripture. And what this passage is pointing out is that all the promises and the gifts of our wonderful salvation is all in Christ. We can't get them outside of Christ. So you can't get them through Muhammad. You can't get them through Buddha. You can't get them through anyone except Christ. That's why Jesus says, I'm the door or I'm the gate. And no one gets to the Father except through me. That's why he says, I'm the way. He's a road that you take. He's the truth. He is the embodiment of truth. And he is the life. All life emanates from Jesus. Actually, everything was created through Jesus and for Jesus. Heaven and entrance into heaven is in Christ. So we must enter into Christ and into a relationship with Christ to enter into all that he has for us. So let's pray just before we really get into this. Lord, I just pray that you open up the scriptures today, uh, especially this wonderful, wonderful passage, which is so deep and so profound uh, and very poetic as well, Lord. And we just thank you for the way the Holy Spirit spoke through Paul in the book of Ephesians. 
And Lord, I just pray that you uh, release a spirit of understanding upon us all to really grasp what the Spirit is saying to us through this wonderful, wonderful book. And I pray this in your wonderful name. Lord, help me to say the right things today, the things that you would have me say all by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In this passage of Scripture, we see the mystery of God revealed in all its fullness. So the mystery of God is revealed in this passage. Verses 3 to 6 talks about the election by the Father, that we were elected, we were chosen by the Father. Verses 7 to 10 talks about how we were redeemed by the Son of God, by Jesus. And, and verse 11 to 14 talks about how we were sealed, the promises are sealed within us by the Holy Spirit. Sort of like putting a top, a lid on and everything's sealed and watertight now. Today we'll go through these passages and discover what Paul calls the mystery of the gospel. And I just want to read this next passage. If you've got your Bibles open, if you can, go to chapter 3 of Ephesians, verse 1 to 6. It says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I've already written briefly, in reading this, then you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. And this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. So the mystery is that when Jesus came and died on the cross, he died for everyone. He didn't just die for his, the chosen people of God, which were Israel. He died and that death is, uh, has, is a substitution for all of our sins as a sacrifice. And that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And that's the mystery of God. And as simple as that mystery is, it was profound back then. It was profound to uh, the Jewish people. What? The Gentiles are saved? I thought only the Jews are saved. You know, that's how they would think. But today we are all saved. And, and even though that's common knowledge, it's a mystery that has been revealed. And we've got to study that mystery. And it's been revealed in this passage. Ephesians 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Paul is praising the God and Father of our Lord Jesus and the rest of this section is Paul's reason for giving him such praise. Because Paul saw great reason to give him praise because the mystery of God is worthy of praise, isn't it? And adoration. Like, and you know, it won't hit us to the full effect until we get to heaven. And when we see the riches of the heavenly realms and we see the wonderful salvation that he has for us and that he's been preserving and has been holding, waiting to give us as a gift, when we get there, we're just going to go... This is just unbelievable. You know, down there I was so, you know, clouded in my thinking about this. It didn't really impress me that much. But when you see what we, what we have, you know, it's like um, you're about to go on a holiday and you've been planning for the holiday for years and years and years or whatever. And you finally go and you're not really excited. You sort of get to the airport. You don't really want to go. And then you get on the plane, you get there and you go, whoa, this is... More than I expected. This is so much better than what the brochures were talking about. 
And it's a wonderful, wonderful place. And you, when you get there, you just relax and you don't want to leave. You know, that's sort of about heaven. You can just understand that heaven is so much better than that. Or others, you know, like, uh, you know, you get really look forward to holiday and you get there and it, it supersedes your expectations. You know, same sort of thing. And we all look forward to heaven. We don't want to go yet, <laughs> but we know if when we die, we really do want to go, don't we? You know, there's no other place you want to go to. Ultimately, Paul is praising uh, God for our election, our redemption, and this promise of being sealed with the Holy Spirit. These spiritual blessings, apart from the spiritual gifts that we receive on this earth, I believe is the spiritual gift of eternal life in heaven. We do receive spiritual gifts on earth. One of the gifts, of, of obvious gift, is the Holy Spirit. He, he, he's a gift to us and he gives us the ability to, to worship God and, and to love God. And, and then we get the gift of joy and happiness. Yeah. Some people have the gift of joy without God in their life. Yeah. I know a lot of people that have no, don't have God but they have joy. Yeah, but that's a gift to them that they just don't acknowledge God for it, you know. Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 6, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Now, you probably remember me preaching on that last time about I really went on about that he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. And I really talked about, you know, living that holy life. Now, I'm not going to go down that path again today, but we just got to understand that we were chosen before anything was created. He had us in mind. He, we were elected then. This is profound to think like this, that before you were born, before you were even a you know how we say, you know, you weren't even a thought back then. You know what? We were a thought. We were a thought in the mind of God before matter was created. He already saw us. And that's amazing. In love, he predestined us for adoption. So Paul emphasizes here that God chose us for salvation and that it depends totally on God. We are not saved because we deserve it, but because God is gracious and freely gives salvation. That's from the New Living Translation Life Application Bible. We receive salvation because we were created in the beginning to receive it. Isn't that true? If you were created in the beginning to receive salvation, you will receive it and you will receive someone who comes to you and talks to you about it. The right person in God's will. In that God chose us, we did not choose him. It was his will. So we were adopted, and this means that we are just as legitimate a son as true Israel and just as legitimate as Christ himself. You know, as I've said in the past, if we're adopted into a family, or if some, a kid is adopted into the family, that child has the same rights as anyone else in the family. If that child is treated fairly and right as he should be as an adopted child, he becomes like blood. And that's who the Bible here, right in Ephesians 1, 4-6, is telling us we were adopted and all through Jesus Christ. So Ephesians 1, verses 7-8 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. So the death of Jesus points to two wonderful truths, redemption and forgiveness. 
Through his death, Jesus paid the price to release us from slavery to sin. And this is, I think, something that many Christians still don't fully get or we don't appropriate, is that our salvation gives us the ability in the Holy Spirit to overcome sin, to resist sin. And the good thing is, is as I'm looking around the room, I, I see, I'm not saying you're all perfect, but I know that you walk in that as much as you possibly can. You're not struggling with sin, as, but you do, you know, we all struggle to a degree. There is a conquering spirit here. We conquer that part of our life, even though it creeps in again. So forgiveness was granted in Old Testament times on the shedding of animal blood. Now we are forgiven on the basis of shedding of Jesus' blood. And it's a sacrifice once and for all, good for all time. This redemption and forgiveness is grace, unmerited favour, which we don't deserve but we receive freely as a gift, purchased and paid for by Christ our God. So Ephesians 1.8b-10 says, With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So the mystery of the will of God is simply this, that all things in heaven and on earth and under the earth would be brought under one head. That's an, another part of the, min, the mystery. The mystery uh, that I read in one, uh, Ephesians 3, 1 to 6, is that Israel and the Gentiles are sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus. But the mystery here that he's talking about is that all things will come under one head. That means the whole world system, one day soon, when Christ returns, will come under Christ and all creation will bow before the Father. You know, it's going to be a, a crazy day in the sense of it's going to be an unusual day when you see little insects bowing before the Father and animals and, and all creation will bow before Jesus. And God prophesied this when he said in Philippians 2, 9 to 11, therefore God exalted him to the highest place. We're actually singing that in our song. Um, he is Lord. He is risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What a day. I can't wait to see that day. Now, the, the thing is, is we've got to bow now. Because even though every knee shall bow in that day, there will still be a division. Because, of course, Richard Dawkins is going to bow in that day because God will be revealed. Oh, now I can see you. Oh, you do exist. I believe now. Too late. Blessed are those who believe without seeing, Jesus said to Thomas. We must believe by faith. But you know what? We have enough evidence now. If you, look in the, if you read the right things and you look in the right places, there's plenty of proof that God exists. I think there's more evidence now that they've discovered than ever in history. You know, the Dead Sea Scrolls being discovered was one of the most remarkable discoveries in history. That all the books that we were holding to in the King James versions of the Bible and, and so on are exactly right just about. Oh, there's a couple of discrepancies, but only like little minor grammatical things. But the content 
was exactly the same. And these books are dated right back to the first century. And this is the mystery that was kept hidden for ages past and has now been revealed in Jesus Christ. That's the mystery of Christ. So Ephesians 1, 11 to 12 says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined. I'll read that again. In him we were chosen, having been predestined, meaning it was destiny for us to be chosen, according to the plan of him who is the Father, who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. I like that. He works out everything in conformity. So everything will conform to the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. So who's he talking about there? Who's the we? I'll tell you in a second. Here Paul tells us that Christ, in Christ we were chosen. He tells us that salvation was predestined to us by the plan and purposes of God for his creation. Everything in this life, no matter how chaotic and devoid of sense, reason or rhyme, will work itself into conformity with his will. So Paul then discusses that those first to believe, i.e. the Jews, would be for the praise of his glory. And certainly we can say that the early Christians set the blueprint for the church and have been esteemed by every generation of Christians throughout history, haven't they? They have been for the praise of his glory. So that has been fulfilled. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 says, And you also were included in Christ. Who's he talking about now? Us. Us. Because he's talking to the Ephesians, and they're not Jewish. He was talking to the Gentiles. And, so you, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So he now includes us who would have believed the gospel. Upon believing, we were marked in Christ with a seal, the Holy Spirit. Now we know we have the Holy Spirit because the Bible tells us that we cannot say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You can't believe a single thing in the Bible without the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, it's just intellectual mumbo-jumbo. Yeah. That's what the Bible is like to most people that don't want to receive Jesus as Lord. And that's why they think we're a bunch of crackpots. Because <laughs> they read it and go, I don't know what they see in this stuff. It just doesn't, it's all incoherent. Yes. So this Holy Spirit now testifies to us that we have an inheritance in Christ. And by the fact that he is in us, we are guaranteed of this same inheritance when all those who are redeemed in Christ enter into him. Because it says here, until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So this spirit guarantees our inheritance until the fullness of the Christians have come in. Until everyone that is meant to be in God have all come in to Christ, then we will receive the fullness of what it is that he has for us. And that would be, of course, the judgment will take place at that time. And, uh, and then after that, we will enter into our eternal state. We'll be receive our imperishable bodies, our bodies which, have, uh, if, we were, um, if we had died before the coming of Christ, our bodies will be resurrected and we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We'll put on our imperishable bodies, which is this physical body in a new state. It, it's as different to a seed to the plant. A seed is pretty well what we're like now. 
But when we receive the fullness back, it's the seed sprouted. Because you know when you sow a seed, before the seed sprouts, do you know what happens to the seed? Germinates. And what happens just before it germinates? It dies. The seed dies. And then it springs life, comes out of that death. The seed resurrects. Or through the germination. You look it up on Google. Because um, I found that fascinating. I'm thinking, how can a seed die? Um, so we're sowing a seed that's perishable, but then it'll germinate and, and it'll sprout imperishable. And this is, that was the Bible I just quoted. Mm. Isn't that amazing? These new bodies that we receive cannot die. These are the bodies that God's designed, the perfect bodies, in the sense that we'll probably have 100% use of our faculties, where at the moment we use a very small portion. Gravity won't have any effect upon us. We'll be able to fly if we, if we choose to. There's a whole range of things which seem improbable now. It seems ridiculous to think like that now because no one does that now, except Superman. I watched an account of a man who has claimed to have gone to heaven over 80 times, but he says can you have all different forms of transport in heaven, but the one that fascinated me the most was he said, you think and you appear in a place. That's faster than the speed of light, isn't it? You can also tra go slowly. You can take a, a certain vehicle that they've got designed there, and he says it travels as, as easily on land as it does on water as it does in the sky, these vehicles. Or you can walk slowly depending on what you want to experience. If you want to experience the beautiful scenery of taking your time going through heaven mm. or if you want to get to another place suddenly you can get there instantaneously no no road rage no accidents what a marvelous place and you think about it the reason why this is is because god has allowed there to be limitations upon us now if those limitations are taken away why would we not be able to fly What's holding us back from flying? Gravity. Well, what about if God takes away the, the effect of gravity from us? Because he creates matter. If he can make a bird fly, if he can make an insect fly, he can make us fly. Because there's no limitation upon the creator. We only limit the creator through our thoughts of what he can do. That's why people, uh, atheists, can't fathom Jesus churning water to wine. Because in their finite mind, they go, hang on, water's water, wine's wine. How can water become wine? You're talking to God who created water and who created wine, and he can change it. And that's why when Jesus fed the 5,000 with a, a, a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish, as they broke the bread, the bread multiplied. Because Jesus knows the constitution of bread, what makes up the matter called bread. As he breaks it, he releases more and more and more until the time when they picked up the baskets from 5,000 men plus women and children. So we're talking about 10,000 plus people. And there was about 30 or 40 baskets left over, I think. I'm not sure. I have to check that one. And, of course, all the fish was eaten. <laughs> but the fish fed them all too. So that's what, that's what we got, a God that is not limited by what we think is a limitation. Even in the Old Testament, sorry to hark on this a little bit, in the Old Testament, can't remember whether it was Elijah or Elisha. One of them went to a lady who, during a famine, could have been Elijah. And uh, oil was very valuable. Olive oil was very, very valuable. And he said, go and get jars, as many jars as you possibly can, because once you start running the oil, 
and you start filling up your jars, that oil will not stop until the jars uh, are full. So she ran around getting as many jars as she could, and she started filling up the jars. And the moment it got to the last jar, um, far more than the barrel held, of course, far more oil, that's when the, the oil dried up. So acts of, you know, uh, multiplying what is already there. It's been happening right throughout history. And that's if we believe the scriptures, of course. Yeah. All right. Who enjoyed that? Oh, I love that. That's, yeah. that's great. It's a bit like us getting blessed here on earth. Like we, we want to stress about how we get that money to pay for that thing, or how we're going to be like, you know, whatever. God finds a way. Yes. And isn't it funny, the things we stressed about 10 years ago, which we may have been in financial crises 10 years ago, didn't stop us from surviving another 10 years, did it? We put so much stress on, and now we don't even remember the, what we went through. So some, we've got, we could find a lot more peace in our life if we realize that God will get us through. And he'll get us through no matter what the situation. That's right. He'll get us through. And, and so in that, we can be under incredible financial pressure and, and, and other types of pressures. And we can just go, Lord, you've got me through before. You're going to get me through again. I'm just going to rest in you and just see my situation <coughs> delivered, see myself delivered from this situation. And if you rest long enough, it will. You will be delivered. So. Like you like resting? You like the concept? <laughs> All right, let's pray to finish. Lord, we thank you for this word today. And Lord, I pray that it, it came and helped us just to uh, understand a little bit more about uh, the wonderful salvation you have for us and a, a bit more about just what you have done for us, Lord, and how wonderful it is. And also... Uh, a little bit about what is waiting for us in the kingdom of God. Um, that wonderful place that's um, beyond our wildest imaginations. Yes. It's going to, when we get there, it's going to outstrip anything we've ever thought or even heard. None of these testimonies can really uh, be as clear as to us as what is actually being there. So, Lord, we can't wait to that day. But in, in the meantime, Lord, we're going to, we pray that we would be in fruitful service to you. And uh, live to uh, see people find you as their Lord and Saviour. Uh, live to grow in the knowledge of the Word of God and, and also to pray and to see people um, blessed through our lives. And Lord, I just pray that you be with us this week. Bless every uh, area of our life and, um, and help us uh, in all the situations that we're going to face this week. Yes, all yes. by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Amen.